Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna... Uh, do we have to, we have to sing the song, right? That's the rule, right? You can't. Have to sing they, the song. Uh, they uncanceled. I don't know if you guys heard about this. They, they uncanceled cops. Yeah, they yeah. waited until the summer un- to pass. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked up, man. It's just like we waited for the summer to pass to talk about another cop movie. Yep. Uh, we let most we'll of the year pass. Sure. This is the last one. Hey, look, here's the whole reason we're doing this. If you're listening at home and you're not sure why we're doing bad boys for life to end the year... We've done this thing for the last few years where we ended with the highest grossing film domestically, and uh, mm-hmm. here we are, Bad Boys for Life, all the way back <laughs> what in a box January. Office. <laughs> just, it's a success in the box office. You know, I, there were so many viable contenders that all got pushed to next year or streaming, and so here's where we are. Uh, but, I mean, this, I mean, after, what, 20 years, this came back and just made a killing at the box office? And, uh, yeah, that's why we're here, and it, it just perfectly... Uh, was the anchor for our uh, part three's chapter two that uh, we've ran with all month. So here we are. People had to have more of Mike and Marcus back at it again. I, I mean, they got chemistry. Other. They're good. Oh God, do they, man, they, I, you know, they're, they're fun to hang out with. And that's really the strength of this franchise. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it is. Hey, Dustin, why are right, we here? So, Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Podcast. We gather around a table, we discuss films you'll never discuss the film today's course. This week's film, as you may have gathered, is Bad Boys for Life, not directed by uh, one Michael Bay. So we're not drinking the haterade of the betaraid uh, today. Uh, that is a different kind of hate that you might hear about a little while later. But I am still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. Uh, and that's right. I got my badge and my gun back. It's me. It's Dalton. I missed you guys so much. We, uh, listener, you might not realize this because it didn't result in a production delay yet. But uh, yeah, we had took a week off. I miss these fellas. It's it's good to be uh, to be back in the squad car. Yeah, the pod car. Yes. I meant I meant pod car. I course. was uh, Dal- Dustin was two uh, two days from retirement, and we dragged him back in for this one. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like Bad Boys 2, even uh, despite some of the cool stuff that happens in it. Um, Bad Boys 1 is uh, just a choppy, gross-looking 90s mess. You know, remind you, you forget how bad action scenes were in Hollywood movies for a big chunk of the 90s. Uh, so watching this, even if it's cribbing a lot from, uh, you know, the, the John Wick look of action uh, choreography, you know, it's still pretty cool. Uh, the directors they bring on uh, for, for this one, uh, the, the team... They're good, you know. I th- this is kind of their their big uh, breakout uh, work, and they're doing stuff visually that's interesting. Uh, they're billed as Adil and Bilal, uh, but uh, they're uh, been working together for a while. I think they're Belgian filmmakers. Uh, I want to say is where they come from, uh, but and they've got this is their first you know U.S. work though, and you can tell they're like, all right, we're getting more U.S. Uh, jobs off of this movie because uh, they really are putting it all up on the screen. I feel like uh, no, don't get me wrong. This movie looks like it was done on the cheap, weirdly. There's a lot of kind of badly composited CGI beefing up some of the set pieces, especially at the the, the climax of the film. Um, but, you know, apart from just endless montages uh, advancing the plot, there's good stuff that happens. Funny things happen. Martin Lawrence is great. Uh, I think he actually gives like a really good performance uh at first it kind of felt like uh, is he asleep at the wheel in this movie and then you realize oh no he's making a choice about how burnt out on cop life marcus is like there's a real performance going on um i'll have to take arthur's word for it on this but this does seem 
to just be the same movie as Gemini Man, as far as Will Smith is concerned. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Cool yeah. stuff happens. But also, uh, Miami PD is also secret agents. The, the whole ammo strike team thing with Vanessa Hudgens, like, they're fun. They're cool. They're quippy. There's a character that seems like uh, to be based on our friend Heath Huffman. Uh, that was cool. I, I love the the beefy, sensitive hacker guy. That's that's fun. There's things that happen in this movie that make you go, ah, oh, this is a movie. I like movies. Uh, DJ Khaled shows up and you go, ah, oh, not another DJ Khaled cameo. Well, in our, that in was our... so weird to me. I was like, we just saw him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did not expect him to show back up. But then he, you know, Will Smith uh, beats on him with a meat tenderizer. And you're like, well, movies are great. Uh, yes, because and Will then, Smith you know, also watched Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> he also thought there should have just been more of a fat Amy's antics. I just DJ wish uh, Anna Kendrick and uh, Rebel Wilson had beat up DJ Khaled with a meat tenderizer too. Now that's the pitch perfect three <laughs> we, we deserve. Uh, I don't know. The, the whole third act is just kind of nanners, but mm-hmm. the, the getting there is kind of fun. I, I like some things about it, but also it's got a lot of gross things to say about the cops. It also is like really gross uh, about Santa Muerta, which it doesn't seem to really care about what that's actually about. Uh, I don't know. It's a gross movie, uh, but it's somehow less gross than the two gross films that preceded it. Bad Boys 3. They should have saved for life for the fourth movie, obviously. That's my review. Very good, very good. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. So, Mr. Arthur Gordon, what would you say in response to Bad Boys for Life? I was going to give it a number, but no, it's for life. Sorry. Dalton's right. That should have been the fourth injury in the the franchise. Makes zero sense to make that number three. Um, Any marketer knows that. Um, Let me see. Uh, This is really as though the production team remembered what Michael Bay did and then watched all of the Fast and Furious movies in a weekend and said, that's what we're going to do. Yep, you got it. Uh, I think it's fun. I I laughed a lot watching this. Um, And so for that, I mean, I've got to give it a pass, right? I mean, I I think it's hilarious. Uh, Martin Lawrence and and Will Smith have just such a great chemistry together, uh, and they play off of each other so well. And, you know, that kind of knack that they both have to play straight man uh, versus comedian, I think, is really well, uh, well balanced between both of them when it needs to be. Um, it, it's weird. It, it's wacky how absurd it gets. Um, and, and you know, uh, you know, we we're worried kind of about this being a cop movie, but it doesn't really feel like a cop movie. I mean, yeah, they're no. cops, but it's also like Fast and the Furious where they're secret agents. I don't know. Uh, it's like a revenge movie. There's a lot going on. Uh, and that was probably my biggest qualm with this mm-hmm. was the editing, I think narratively and really narratively, because it just feels like, we would have a, a one minute scene with this character and we'd have a one minute scene with these characters and they're cutting back and forth. And it feels like so much is just being left out that it, it rushes this two hour movie and I don't want to see more, but it, it also feels like a lot of stuff is just being, it's it's just trying to do way too much stuff. I think narratively, yeah, uh, it's sweaty, which really comes it, back up in the third act when things mm. show up and happen. Um, and so, you know, I think you stream, I mean, there's so much, I mean, there's like a six month or nine month time jump, like after the first 30 minutes or something. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just trying to be way, 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 way too much. Um, and, you know, I, I guess kudos to them for not fridging somebody for that vengeance story to take place. 
and, and to do it the way they do it. I, I think I could appreciate that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's definitely more interesting, right? To to put uh, Mike in this position of like having uh, his power taken away from him. It, yeah, and I think it's a really cool concept. You know, like, but but they shoot themselves in the foot with that so quick because he's the draw, and you can't just sideline him for the movie, <clears throat> right? Yep. You know, if you're doing a thing where he's running the op from behind the scenes of ammo or whatever, but he's still in a wheelchair. Yeah, I think you you've got a more dynamic film, but they had to set him up, put him out of action and then recoup him. And it's, it's just, there's two movies here. There's a, there's a whole season of TV show going, going on here. Yeah. Uh, they have and, to get through a third movie to make the fourth movie yeah. uh, within the same runtime. Yeah. And, and that's probably my big qualm with this movie is, is that narrative. There's so many narrative hiccups, but I'm going to tell you this, any movie that rips off one of my favorite scenes of any film, one of my favorite sequences and one of my all time favorite films, signs of the lambs, if if you rip off a sequence from that movie and you, and you do it well, I don't know. I was I was hooked. Uh, I, I thought that was a fun way to start the movie, and yep. uh, I I was pretty sold after that. I I didn't care how silly it got, uh, and I mean you know what it is, right? I mean mm. it, it it is it's bad boys for life, and it feels very much like that B movie, um, in a lot of ways that uh you know it succeeds where Olympus has fallen didn't. I think in the that's such a good way to put it, and and then the action, uh, and and I really do love that highly polished music video visual style for this. I I think that looks great. Uh, I think that's the one thing Michael Bay did right in in his movies was develop that very music video style for blockbusters because it it just looks beautiful. It it makes Miami look beautiful. It makes the characters look beautiful. It makes the action, and I, I think the car chases are fun. Um, it, so, it definitely feels indebted to uh, the Miami Vice uh, of uh, oh my gosh, Michael Mann. Thank you, my, yeah, my, Miami Vi- Michael Mann's Miami Vice, and just like mm-hmm. his kind of vision of that sort of sun drenched crime. Yeah, but it's an evolution. You're absolutely right. It's yeah. you know, it's it's digital. It's slicker. Yeah. Uh, you're you're right. They they take that Michael Bay aesthetic and then even yeah. go beyond that. You know, I don't want it for every movie, but I, I, it just works for this. I think, mm-hmm. and I, I I have negative things to say, but. I had a lot of fun with it, and I can't really fault it for that. I, I laughed a lot at this one. So I, over at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. All righty. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Now tell us uh, why you're so wrong. Here's, tell, I'll, I will tell you why I'm wrong. Um, here's what I found. So we announced that we were going to do this movie, and it came up that we were talking about that uh, Bad Boys 2 was something we started talking about, that is the group, the three of us. Uh, we started yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. it. And I'm thinking in my head, I have never seen that movie. And yeah. then Arthur and Dalton both say to me, no, actually, we've done a podcast on that movie. You hate it. You burn it to the ground, yeah. uh, which I didn't re-listen to, but I'm sure I'm right. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> about whatever it is I was mad about uh, regarding Michael Bay. It wasn't worth my time. But it was, utter- I mean, that was a level of forgetfulness. And so you guys remember this, right? So yeah. I turn on Bad Boys for Life. Uh, a week ago, because we ended up having that week delay, as uh, Dalton already mentioned before that. I have seen Bad Boys for Life also. <laughs> you watched it earlier this year? So as, Yes, I've seen it sometime else. I know that movie. I've seen this movie already this year. <laughs> You'd forgotten. And I'd utterly forgotten. Gen like, X oh, is yeah. getting elderly. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I'm sitting there watching the movie, and I'm like, oh, wait, it's a wedding. 
And, you know, like, I, and I was ready for all of them. Like, I've seen this stinking movie. I did the exact same and, thing with Mission Impossible 3 one time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've never so, seen that. I, I've seen the movie. That's the one thing I want to say, just to begin with. So I watched part of it again today as I'm packing up my room and uh, preparing for a big move in my life. And uh, so I'm doing that, and I'm the movie's rolling, and I'm going, oh, yeah, that's what happens. Oh, yeah, that I just watched this a week ago. Oh, yeah, that's – it is boring. I don't care. That is what I want to say about Bad Boys for Life, the Bad Boys franchise in general, is I just don't care. The, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence both have charisma, are both, both have a lot of love for me. Uh, as actors, but these particular characters that they're playing, I don't care what happens to them. I just don't care. And I and and all the visual style that works in this movie really does work. And um, Dalton was saying it earlier, and Arthur was saying it earlier as well. I love the way it looks. I think any single frame of this film is very, very pretty. But that is all, all substance, or rather all style, and there's absolutely just no substance to the whole thing at all. I just don't care. Uh, it's boring. It is direct. And I would much rather do, I mean, quite nearly anything else. And to such an extent that I've apparently immediately ejected this film from my brain uh, upon three watches, I guess. Uh, let's move on. Let's get down to business, guys. That's right. It's the time in which we try to penetrate each other's hearts with our souls. Uh, and we talk real film analysis. Go ahead, guys. I'll throw something in if I come up with something. <laughs> well, all right. I, I think I know where to start. Uh, <laughs> at the very look, uh, we're a couple of bad boys. I like to think, uh, or we once were, maybe uh, we could be again. Uh, I this movie's fun, uh, but I, I, I'm reminded of, and I, I couldn't help you when I was kind of thinking about my uh, my my faux propaganda class. Uh, about a class I took uh, with a very cool professor about uh, the masculinity of the wire. And, uh, you know, you look, it was the early 2010s. Everybody, every college had to have a class on the wire. And uh, they asked one of my sociology professors, and uh, she mostly studied gender. So we talked about uh, the masculine uh, archetypes within policing and criminal organizations. But I, I think there's something here with that, right? I think we deal a lot with uh, what it means to be a tough guy in this movie, and, and of course we, you know, uh, we circle back again to Die Hard, a, a film we talked about. I don't know, like the first three months of uh, doing this podcast, so like eight years ago now. Uh, but you know, we talked about how um, the the entire arc of that movie um, is about. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on um, the name of the actor who plays cop on the outside of the building oh uh, I in die hard yeah um family matters Alfonso? no no oh i don't know his name yeah he's a family matters know. guy yeah yeah he's got a Carl great Winslow. name <laughs> yeah he's got a great name why can't i think of it sorry listener uh it is the time of the show where you hear somebody typing uh so they get a name uh but that's how podcasting reginald bell johnson Reginald Vell Johnson, what a great name. Uh, sorry, that is Reginald. a great name. So one of the all-time great actor names. Uh, yeah, Reginald Vell Johnson's arc in Die Hard is how to get okay with doing murder for the state again, right? And we talked a lot about that. Yeah. Well, 
while doing that episode, that is the arc of the Heath Huffman character in this movie. Uh, is everybody like uh, Will Smith keep being like, why do you guys leave him in the van? Uh, and, and just talking about what a beefcake he is. Finally, we get to the climax of the film uh, and we make a joke about it. We make a joke of Will Smith being like, I need you to go fuck some stuff up for me. And he's like, okay, but you're gonna have to pay for my therapy after. Ha ha, okay, no, seriously, you're gonna have to, I'm gonna need it. And then he goes and, you know, football Rex. player size, yeah, John Wicks everybody. Uh, he absolutely uh, bulldozes through like 17 dudes and it is totally cool. And, and yet the movie keeps like skirting around the fact that cop movies operate in a universe where nobody ever talks about their feelings. And why do we wonder uh, why cops are uh, a little bit too macho uh, for their own fucking good? Uh, because we live in a society, man, that encourages people to, to suppress. And it's not, just a cop. it's not just a cop thing. It's not just a masculinity thing. It is the nature of a, a work system that grinds people into the damn dirt. And when your job is to protect and serve the status quo, uh, that means protecting and serving a status quo. Everybody grinds themselves into dirt. That's why the cops are always complaining about how they need more money because they have to work so much damn overtime because they are uh, expected to do a job that is, frankly, not their job is to basically be a protection racket. No offense uh, intended to law enforcement officers, but that is what their job is, is being a protection racket and uh, they can't also be a, you know, a community outreach program. It doesn't work. It's why they're always complaining about needing more money. Uh, and that just grinds everybody into the dirt. And uh, I think that's the end of my point, but it, it is weird to watch bad boys skirt around that constantly, right? Like uh, Martin Lawrence's arc is to try and convince Will Smith that he is right. And that he does eventually, right? Will Smith wins the day by appealing to his, uh, long lost son's heart uh but it you know uh ends in uh, his former lover falling to her fiery doom uh it's a because his new uh his his more recent girlfriend is mad about it yeah it's a, it's a weird talking out of both sides of its mouth climax to the film uh that i don't really know what to make and i guess that, that kind of gets to dustin's point of where do we even start because anytime this movie does try to say something it's still got to deliver a you know a hundred million dollar action movie right very good very good um that's yeah i, the... I, I guess this this is uh, that's all i had to say really about the gender politics of this particular one but if i just to briefly wrap in bad boys one it's weird that this is i guess it's not that weird it's been almost 30 years but uh boy howdy i it it sucks that uh, the the politics of emotional nuance of bad boys for life are such a step up from the first movie <laughs> it it does definitely go to show uh, a trend towards uh, emotional openness in american society uh between bad boys one and bad boys for life but uh I don't know if it sticks the landing on it. it. It more just highlights uh, a larger issue in our culture, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And it's this weird kind of, you know, interaction with that and like a, a, a peacemaking kind of uh, Christian nonviolence piece. that sort of works alongside with that. And I don't know much of what to make of it. Yeah, the the taking of violence onto yourself, right, for a greater good. It, it is kind of a it yeah. wants to do something with that, right? Because of of course, Martin Lawrence opens the uh, the early on in the movie is praying. He's he's so uh, distraught. He's like, I will bring no more violence into the world. Uh, you know, cut to a few minutes later, and we're on this cool uh, 
you know, motorcycle sidecar with a minigun inside of it. And uh, Will Smith is right. trying to convince him that it is a gift from God and how he must do violence in the Lord's name. Not a cool thing for cops to say. Y'all don't like it. Right. Don't like it when cops say they must do God's violence. Yeah, no, no, not a fan really at all. Uh, yeah, not not a fan. Don't don't enjoy it. But but you're right that it it skirts up to the line of doing something with nonviolence. But it just it's it's too busy making a different movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, because it's, it's very cool to watch Will Smith shooting the Uzi in slow motion. It is very Which, cool. That's what I paid for. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and I'll say, the, yeah. speaking of Will Smith doing cool stuff, uh, the fight he has with his son when the his son's still in the motorcycle gear. Very cool. I like it when yeah. people fall out of windows in an action scene. Yeah. But I could have watched Gemini Man. <laughs> and it would have been better. <laughs> yes, true. And it would have been in 60 frames per second. So it would be like I was there. Right. Uh, right. It, it is weird how much uh, heavy lifting Martin Lawrence does. I guess not weird. I mean, he's 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 a talented actor. It's just it's surprising to me how, how, how much he's effective he is. He's asked to do yeah. a lot, and he does it super well. I yeah, think. and I th- you know, going back to my point earlier, I think it, they they both do a great job of saddling that line of drama uh, and comedy. And, and at times, they both play the straight man, and at times, they both play the fool. And they both manage that really well, I think. And that kind of ability to switch back and forth speaks to both of their abilities as actors and comedians and uh, performers. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is the strength of this franchise again. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we've mentioned that it already. charisma carries it totally. But as, as Arthur mentioned, it's not it's not one sided, right? Like Will Smith is expected to be the the fun loose guy to Tommy Lee Jones throughout the uh, Men in Black franchise, and it can't sustain. They have to bring in Josh Brolin uh, to play young Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. You, it does the same for three movies. When Martin Lawrence and Will Smith are able to interchange from scene to scene between high status and low status, it really does make the movie work. And I think as, as an mm-hmm. acting exercise, that is really the value of this film, I think, is to think about what what is a good buddy cop dynamic. And again, you can say... We say buddy cop, but there's plenty of buddy movies that kind of take the buddy cop formula and put it yeah. in a different scenario. Yeah, I you know I think it's really interesting that you, you to talk about this. This I think goes back to Dustin's point about this being all style, no substance, and you know mm. our kind of general you know talking in circles because there's not really a lot here, and, and I think it's really fascinating to analytically look at a the third entry. Uh, in a franchise that has historically had nothing to say. You know, we, we look back yeah. at both of the bad boys and they're stylish and actiony and really defined a generation of blockbuster, but they really thematically and analytically had little to say. And, you know, a lot of our analysis on bad boys too, was more in regards to the philo- philosophical approach of Michael Bay, not caring about human beings, that they were just a commodity. And so I I think this is a movie that's had to mire uh, and mine some sort of, you know, thought and philosophy and ideology and philosophy. I can't say philosophy for some reason tonight out of this franchise. And I think back to Pitch Perfect 3 as well, which was another movie that was really, you know, we kind of talked about the shortcoming of that film was that it was the franchise, uh, the sequel to a sequel about a movie that really didn't have a lot of legs as a satire. And and so it's really interesting to you know that movie just said hey screw it let's get as weird as we can get 
and still didn't really have a lot to say other than just girl power, um, but was really weird and trying to do something and throwing stuff against the wall. And this is a movie that really it doesn't feel like it's trying to say you know anything. You know, we can talk a little bit about the gender politics and it's or you know identity politics and how it's come a little ways from Bad Boys, uh, and we can talk about the theme of getting old, but it feels like it's trying to find something to deal with in a 30 year old franchise that's never had anything to say. And so I think it's really interesting, you know, the, you know, what'd you call it? The cinema of attraction, Dustin, you know, yeah. that's really all this is, you know, that's all this has for anybody. The, the mm. fact, I think that this sort of, it's interesting because it's kind of a revival uh, sequel too, right? I mean, this is a franchise that's been dead for right since it's a legacy sequel, kind of, yeah, right, and, and, yeah. And it's not quite a legacy sequel because we're not introduced. We we are introducing new characters, but they're not really seeming to take over the mantle. But it really yeah, feels we, like it's in this cycle of revival stuff that we've been in for the last couple of years, where we, you know we had a mm-hmm. Mad About You revival, we had a Murphy Brown revival, we had a X Y and Z revival on TV. So it really feels like that next step in the nostalgia's cycle where we've rebooted everything we can reboot well let's just bring back the original people and do a new thing with them um well arthur oh go ahead i'm sorry i just i think that's where we're you know kind of an interesting place to be at with this franchise and franchises in general you know it's weird to see a property from 30 years ago and i don't know of another one that's going to work because i think there was a lot obviously the tickets speak for themselves there was a lot of love for these two uh you know uh smith and and lawrence uh, so I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how often this can hit, or if lightning could strike twice with trying something like this again. I just think it's an interesting place to be in, in blockbusters. Well, to your point yeah. about it, it being a, a sequel about nothing, that I think that has you you can see that on the screen and in, in the kind of grab bag. Uh, Mad Lib second sequelness of it, right? It's like, uh, what's hot now? Drones. All right, we got to get some drones yeah. in here. Uh, what are people talking about? Drug cartels. Well, we got to get that in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Sicario. That was an interesting movie. Yeah. Let's let's get some some cool stuff in here like that. Like that. Uh, anybody ever heard of Sans Muerte? Yeah, one time. Uh, <laughs> walking past a TV. Okay, well, let's get some yeah some uh, some folk uh, Catholicism imagery yeah. in here because that'll that'll sell tickets. I, I, it just is like what's hot, what's new. Vanessa like, Hudgens, get her in here. Uh, which you know the, that's cool, but like a meme, the movie or something. Yeah. Um, exactly and well and that's kind of why i started to think about making my class being just an exploration of second sequels because it does you know it introduces uh, a mysterious parentage right like that's that's literally the third uh of every single star wars trilogy right that's (laughs) that's uh uh that's um yeah. Uh, Austin Powers three. Yeah. That's a uh, pitch perfect three. Like it is. Yeah. It seems like a demand of the second sequel that we must explore the Pirates of the Caribbean three. We must explore the hidden origin. I think actually Patrick Willems did a really fun video about the Austin Powers trilogy yeah. that does get into this a little bit. But it, it's just I, it's like they pulled out the what do you do when you don't know what your second sequel is going to be about playbook uh, that uh, Warner Brothers uh, uh, keeps uh, under the servers for yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. 
uh, you're absolutely right though it's just it's about nothing so they have to go to the well and yeah. uh try I mean, to greatest hits I mean, of things that have worked before the ammo thing feels so much like a fast and the furious bit right i mean that feels like it absolutely does when yes. the rock shows it's, up but they have like this underground secret security thing that kurt yes. russell's running and like that's what Which that feels yeah beholden to csi it is this yeah. weird like okay d- do that thing but make it even sexier yeah which is yeah the fr- fast and furious logic and, and i think you know that's what's so interesting because i mean the fact that they quote silence of the lambs within the first you know 15 minutes which is really cool because the ambulance escape in silence of the lambs i think is one of the all-time great sequences in film uh it's done yeah. so well and for them to you know quote that here and, and kind of do that I think speaks to a knowledge of film that goes beyond the last 15 years. So I'm wondering how much, you know, is Bay's involvement, how much is the studio's involvement in, you know, just like kind of putting together this greatest hits of a movie, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's uh, now that's what I call movies. Volume one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's it's weird to take that suspenseful moment and turn it into an action moment. Uh, yeah, just kind of an interesting way to de- deploy that. Yeah, that reference. Uh, there's a a lot. Again, I speaking of things that references kind of visually. Again, the grab bag nature. I mentioned uh, it pulling from the John Wick school of action choreography. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if thirty seven eleven is that what they're called. 5511 I don't know they oh, have a, a number team. name fight, yeah yeah the stunt team yeah the, Le- the leech and stahelski is like uh they have larger a number region. name yeah they're so uh, obviously <laughs> Chad Cute. stahelski uh and uh, David leech uh from John Wick you know with the success of that film they launched basically their own stunt studio um that you know other productions can call out to I mean that's part of why uh the Harley Quinn movies uh, uh fight scenes look so damn good is they they got that team involved uh, and, and I don't know if they were actually involved in Bad Boys for Life, but there definitely is a look of that, right? The uh, the jujitsu gunfighting, uh, we get a yeah. little bit of that in here. Everything cool in this movie, though, does come from somewhere else, and it does kind of, you know, we we talked about this with uh, the Marvelification of Star Wars when we did Star Trek Beyond. It, it does just kind of speak to a larger problem with the last ten years of Hollywood movies, uh, just kind of having a sameness uh, of having a greatest hits quality. And now that's what I call filmmaking, as you said. Uh, Yeah. It it just speaks to a larger problem with studio filmmaking at this point. Uh, It makes me wonder if we are approaching yet another uh, new Hollywood moment uh, because of, I mean, this is, we're kind of creeping up on what was going on in the, the end of the fifties and the beginning of the sixties with uh, American cinema. Right. Yeah, uh, and I mean, yeah. we we can't even begin to predict what the next five years looks like due to COVID, right? Holy I mean, shit! Yeah, I, I mean, well, we're recording in the wake of yeah the big HBO Max announcement this I mean, that happened between our, our most recent recordings. Yeah, I mean, and even what that looks right. I mean, there's already talk of lawsuits because that that was a whole debacle, right? And, and so and, and stuff like you know what is a movie? What is TV? You know, we've got the whole small axe debate happening. You've got. It's HBO movies thing happening. Hey, Small Axe just won the L.A. Critics uh, Movie of the Year uh, Best Picture. Yeah, it's movies. Uh, it, no, is it's, movie. it, it is movies. Yeah, yeah. it's a movie. Um, so, uh, and you know, that's a whole debate. But yeah, I mean, this year was shaping up to be just another year, right? We're gonna have four Marvels. We we're gonna have two Disneys. We we're gonna have a three Pixar's. We were gonna have some A twenty fours. And now I don't know, right? And, and so this is 
a feels like that kind of uh, paradigm shifting moment in cinema where things are going to change dramatically. Uh, I think, and the way we see media, the way we consume film, uh, and the kind of movies that are getting made, right? Uh, if it's yeah, well, be... you can't afford. You, we're not living in a world, and won't be for several more years, where you can have a globe trotting production, right? Yeah. Like it's just not feasible. Yeah, I mean, unless it's you're not Disney, safe, right? Unless you're Disney or Marvel, and you're just kind of doing your thing. Well, if you're Disney, you can just go into the volume, and you can bring anywhere to you, right? And yeah. it looks yeah amazing. It's yep. it's right. truly astonishing, and I mean, it's probably that's what going the small to world ride is for, right? Uh, well, boo, you, you got it. You got it right there. I mean, come on. That's it. That's <laughs> everywhere you ever did. Disney to go. has t- Disney took this mate, took the small world and brought it into their, uh, their fucking movie making. That warehouse. is some foresight right there. That is some foreknowledge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Truly a, a horrifying film studio, uh, a, a behemoth that will consume all of movies at this point, it seems likely. Uh, because, yeah, they're the only people who can make anything that uh, isn't shot in one room right now. Yeah. So I think we're, you know, we saw, uh, we've got that movie coming up from uh, with John David Washington and, uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of her name. Why can't I think of her name? Um, Euphoria, Spider Man. Oh, uh, Zendaya. Zendaya, thank you. Yeah. You know, they've got that movie that they shot while in quarantine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Real low key production. So I think we're going to see a lot more of these kind of smaller productions with a little bigger names. And and then I don't, you know, I don't know. And, and so it, it, it's a weird moment. And this, like you said, I think this is a movie that's just in many ways going through the motions and, and doesn't truly, really know how to find its voice. It, it feels like a real end of cinema moment, you know? <laughs> You just you watch this movie and you go. I think it's a little hyperbolic, but I know. But but as we're talking about it, it's not actually a thought I had watching the movie. It is just kind of a thought I had while talking about it. So you're absolutely right. I am being deeply hyperbolic. Uh, But damn, it it is. It may be, and I I say that because of the sort of Mad Lib quality we joked about. yeah, it's just what who make who are we making movies for? I don't even know. It's like, like the, that yeah. bit. It's like that bit you see online. You know, I I fed a bot a hundred. You know, I showed a bot yeah. a hundred action movies, and this is what it turned out. And it's it's Bad Boys for Life, right? You got it. And You're not wrong. Just, it underscores everything Hot Fuzz did. Yeah. Wow, which yeah, is a much sure better does. movie. Oh yeah, uh, hands a, down. A movie about liking Bad Boys too. Yeah. Which is a mistake, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll forgive that. I do want to go out uh, w- and remind our listener that uh, the cops can't just fly a drone over you. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Supreme Court did determine this is the benefit of, uh, you know, the three or four semesters uh, I spent as a criminal justice major. Uh, they can't fly a helicopter over your land. You are a- a- expected a-, a right to privacy. Uh, in a in a public or in, in a, a privately held lands, they can't just fly something over you, uh, and that's that's your tinfoil uh, hat, Uncle Corner. Uh, also, Vanessa Hudgens talking about uh, how you can just light people up with rubber bullets fucking sucks. Uh, don't like that at all. Uh, that scene was sponsored by the state of Israel, I think. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, I, look, I, it's 2020. Yes. I'm too tired uh, and too stir crazy to uh, hold back on my Pulling opinions punches. sometimes. You know what? I really uh, like Vanessa Hudgens here, though. 
She's so good as an action heroine. Yeah, yeah dude, she yeah. kicks ass. It reminded me of uh, another bad movie, but remind me of how good she was in Sucker Punch. Vanessa Hudgens uh, is just good as a bad, a bad movie. Yeah. Bad, 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 terrible movie, but she's great in it. Yeah. Um, you know what? Get me Vanessa Hudgens and Jenna Malone back in a movie together. That's what I want. Yeah, let's do it. I dig it. Um, I will see to get you what you want. I, I will, I'll, I'll write it into the Bad Boys uh, franchise if that's what gets me the money. You know. <laughs> uh, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this dog and pony show up, shall we? I don't shall we? Yeah. Give a verdict here. Shelf for trash. What do we say, fellas? I go to you first, Arthur. Um, it's it's trash. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this whole franchise is trash, uh, and I can't really defend it. So that's that's where I stand on the end of the day. Very good, very good. What do you say, Dalton? Yeah, it's trash enough to good kind. I, I wanted to say trash, too. That's all. I'm done. I said trash. <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you very much for that. Um, Hey, Arthur, what's next? Well, gentlemen, it has been a year. <laughs> it has been <laughs> a year. Ten of them. Wait, it's not March? <laughs> I don't know why. My God, I've slept too long. <laughs> The last good thing that happened was Parasite won Best Picture, and here we are. That happened this year. Um, But as we come to the end of the year, as we always do, we're going to step back and take a look at what we've worked on and pat ourselves on the back like all good men do. Um, And next week, we're (laughs) going to be doing the annual Shelby Awards, where we take a look back at all the movies we watched for this podcast. So that's your 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 uh, your masks of Zoros, your saints, is your uh, Robin Hoods, your uh, the wrestling movie with uh, with pray uh, the song. Oh, your your Falcons, Falcons, yeah. yeah. You know, we're right. look back at all those movies we talked about for this podcast, and and just kind of throw out some nonsense awards like dropping the Hebrew hammer and uh, our you know best worst picture and all that fun stuff and then just kind of unwind and relax and that's how we're going to end the year and start 2021 and then we're going to move into anti-trash but we'll talk about more about that next week uh when we do our nth annual shelby awards let's all go to the shelby's let's all go to the shelby's i'm not Thank you.